Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. I'm Kim Thompson-Pinder, the extraordinary word ninja and founder of RTI Publishing, where we work with you to ghostwrite and publish your signature book that will double your business by attracting clientele and position you as the go-to expert in your niche. Next, we will show you how to use your book to make lead generation and conversion a snap while building an audience. My guests include professionals, entrepreneurs, and coaches who use their skills to build people powerfully. They will share their story and powerful tips that will help you live better. They will also share their writing journey and how it has impacted their life and the lives of their readers. If you've ever wondered if writing a book makes a difference, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And today I am so thrilled to have Coach Cam on the show. And just before I get to his introduction, I just want to let you know that he has a very interesting story that you are going to want to hear. And the other thing is, is I want you to listen to a story because there are times when we feel as entrepreneurs that we're failing. You know, there's problems, there's issues, there's things that that come up. You know, the last month or so for me, I've had quite a few things happen. Now, I've had some really great, amazing things happen, but I've also had some kind of sad things happen. I ended up in the hospital. That was not fun. So I want you guys to listen in carefully today because how you deal with problems, how you deal with obstacles determines your success as an entrepreneur. And so that's very important. Now, Coach Cam landed his first industry job in Houston in his, in his hometown with the Houston uh, Texans in the marketing department. And from there, he hit the ground running, taking the skills and knowledge he gained with him to the athletic construction industry. And he worked in sales, where he worked in sales and marketing. Now, answering his entrepreneurial call, he soon launched a five-star academy where he began his speaking career, writing curriculums, and consulting. Now, that success led him to his first coaching post. And developing a diverse skill set, Coach Cam entered into the NPO space initially as a contract trainer, but eventually as a lead trainer. Now, in addition to speaking across the country in his role, he developed a core of trainers, managed events and programming, and oversaw grant execution for the Houston chapter of the Positive Coaching Alliance. And you know what? He has done some really amazing things, and he's going to tell you a little bit more about his story. But in 2019, Coach Cam published his first book, Alpha Redefined, 12 Servant Leadership Principles of Legendary Leaders. Now, 2020 finds Cam at the helm of the Texas Athletic Construction and Coach and as Coach Cam. Now, as far as current projects, mid-year, Coach Cam released the e-course, Win the First Quarter of Your Day, a playbook for wealth, health, and success. Now, what started as a passion project has now grown into a full-fledged digital magazine, Crown and Glory. It's an aesthetic-based luxury lifestyle magazine that boasts more than 1,000 subscribers. So welcome to the show, Coach Cam. Kim, thank you for having me, and um, what an amazing introduction. My goodness, I was turning, I was blushing. (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, here's a little hint and tip for all of you who are considering doing a podcast. All of my guests send me bios. I just read them. <laughs> so if it was a great introduction, it's because Coach Cam wrote it. You know what? I love being honest on this show and just really sharing the hints and the tips and, and the tactics that we use, right? If we can't be honest as entrepreneurs, then what's the point of being in business? That's no fun if you have to be someone that you aren't. So coach, why don't you tell us a bit about your story and how you really have uh, become an entrepreneur and how you got into e-com? Yeah, so I will. I'll start by saying that intro uh, or, or the bio is I actually didn't write that. I am so terrible at writing about myself. It's like this weird introvert, extrovert, like I can't. So, so I literally, so my bio, my publicist had me like start it. It was like three lines long. It's just like more, more, right? And so um, as much as I like to take credit for that, it's just one of those, like, I, can, I can tell a great story. But, you know, like writing it, writing about yourself is, you know, this, right? Writing about yourself is so hard to do. So, yeah. So I think great segue into my experience in e-commerce. And the first thing I'll say is um, writing uh, Alpha Redefined last fall um, was such an experience. And so as a uh, as an entrepreneur who is a creative, I say that I'm a creative in the entrepreneur's body, right? So I enjoy creating not just content, but, you know, textual things that people can feel and experience. And, you know, some of that is outlaid through, you know, the book, my course, uh, the magazine I just released, and, you know, even me speaking on stage. On stage. And so um, my first transition from uh, service-based companies to product-based companies actually was uh, my book last year. And so I did relatively well with it. I, I you know, we're, we're right about 5,600 books sold. And nice. most of those are, thank you. And most of those are sold kind of off relationships, kind of like we talked about off air, you know, just networking and building authentic relationships and trying to be a resource for people. And so as you, you know, as I began to kind of wind down my, I did like a six city promo tour and, you know, stop by all, like, all the major cities and, you know, just, just again, I advocated and, and promoted the book. The one question that, you know, when you finish doing your book signing and kind of open up for questions, the one question people would ask is like, how do you do so many things in one day? And mm. I didn't have like a sexy answer. I didn't have a scientific answer. And so I would tell like in every city, like I just win the first quarter of my day. I get up early. I have a routine that I follow. It's, it's pretty consistent. Um, like everything, it's not perfect. And so, you know, the days that you find yourself off, in your routine, your day kind of feels off, but that's really more affirmation that your routine is actually working and successful. So you need to make sure you stay on track. So um, coming off of that, you know, I kind of sat back in my consultant seat and began to work with different clients and, you know, really began to advocate starting, you know, your day on the right track. I mean, this is something I've been working on for myself personally for years, but it never, from a business perspective, considered it a tool and as a resource that I could provide to clients and to provide to the world and kind of to the universe. Um, and as a creative, I very much am an advocate of creating dope things that make the universe move forward. Right. And so when I say universe, like the ecosystem that we all live in, right. So writing a book, creating a course, baking a cake, if that's what you do as an entrepreneur, like if you're doing it to make money, stop doing it. Like that's not, 
the way the world works. If you have something to contribute to make people's lives better, then do it, but do it with everything you have in you. And so that's kind of, you know, my back and forth pull. So coming off the book tour and coming off and getting really good feedback from clients, you know, it, it, you take a step back and you say, okay, well, is this, uh, can I frame this as a manuscript and begin to write this out as a, you know, live activation when I, you know, when I give my live talks and, and consulting work. And you, I began doing that at the beginning of the year. And it, it came in literally was like, well, wait a minute, this is, this is bigger than me. As you would, as I would leave stage or again, like going to one-on-ones or going to debriefs, there was so much being pulled out of me from, you know, folks that would experience these live activations that it forced me to say, like, I've got to get this into as many people's hands as possible. Yeah. So, you know, one of my personal goals that I don't necessarily share with a lot of people, but one of my personal goals is to speak in front of a million people. And, mm. you know, and that, that's not an ego thing, but just again, like, how can I impact as many people as possible? And I, I sat around, so it's, it's almost like I've got this resource and it's calling is so strong that the methodology that I'm using to get it out isn't the most effective. I need to turn this into something digital that I can get out to people ASAP because people need to hear this. And so that's when I say probably early January or early February into January, I began writing the script and and the course and the outline curriculum for for the course. And so, um, you know, to kind of transitioning obviously into COVID, COVID happened. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you didn't so, know that at the time. <laughs> didn't know it was going to happen. And I think some of that kind of goes to like being in the moment and being aware of what the universe needs. And so I was very blessed, very fortunate enough to start working on, you know, this project before COVID hit. So that's my short answer. I'd say the only thing I add to that is, you know, as I came off of the book tour, I did tinker into like physical products in e-commerce I got my butt whooped and it was as an athlete humbling. What it taught me was you think that you can step into this arena. You think you can play this new sport. Well, guess what? You've got to pay a little bit of dues and those dues are like learning, right? So like learning the hard way, you've got to take a couple of setbacks before you figure out this science that is e-commerce. Now the blessing in that is because I got my butt kicked in the winter, that when it was time for me to launch when the first quarter in the spring or in the summer into now, you know, I, I learned all those lessons previously. And so it allowed me to step past a lot of lessons and not have to repeat them into getting my product into the market. I want to step back for a second because there's something you kind of mentioned um, and it's about your course. So let's, let's dive a little deeper into this. And I do want to talk about e-com because I think that's important, especially in today's environment. But you talked about framing the first quarter of your day, and that's how you're able to accomplish. So let's dive into that just really quickly, because I think that is one of the keys to success, is having that consistent uh, pattern of behavior that over time creates momentum. Yes. So, you know, I think like most things in life, as adults, we overcomplicate things. Mm-hmm. And I think that most things, in, like most things in life, the adults that raised us were way wiser than we could. It's almost like you appreciate as days go by the wisdom, right? And so, you know, in a nutshell, with anything in life, if you are pursuing mastery, that's the first thing I say is 
you know, the course is for everyone, no matter where you are in your pursuit. And so whether you understand the growth mindset, whether you understand what mastery is, whether you are years into your mastery, you know that, you know, mastery is, is a journey. I mean, it's, it's years and years and years of failing and learning and growing. You know, Actually, no matter where you are. Yeah, no, it doesn't, right? And, and you kind of don't want it to end because once you self-realize, like what is, it's it's kind of a, a anticlimactic experience. And so, you know, the idea of if I can set patterns and habits to start my day, it leads to success. It's simple, right? So it's what our parents taught us in, you know, routine of waking up and hygiene and, and, and making your bed, right? And again, as adults, we complicate things and life makes things more complicated. But, you know, the one thing I'll say is, you know, life has natural patterns. And so we kind of talked off air about, you know, the weather here in Texas, the weather in Canada, you know, hot hurricane season, you know, you guys, I guess you guys have four true seasons. We just have hot and not hot. <laughs> right? Actually, but, but um, the, they, they joke in Canada that we have, we have almost winter, winter, still winter and road construction. Those are our four seasons uh, here in Canada. <laughs> so, so I, I say we have like two and a half. So we have painstakingly humid, painstakingly hot and humid and hurricane season. <laughs> those, those are our three. Um, but yeah, to, to finish answer your question, you know, it, I love learning. I love growth. I don't take myself too serious. I'm a very competitive person, but I don't take myself too serious. Um, I've gotten to a place in my maturity that I am able to capsulize failure and extract the, the win or the lesson. And you just begin to lay out this blueprint. And when you do it, you kind of see the patterns of life in a completely different way. And it's like, yes, you know, Ray Dalio talks about in the book Principles, you know, this is another one of those, right? And so to not have cases of water stacked up in hurricane season in Houston, well, it's another one of those. Of course, there's going to be tropical storms in the Gulf of Mexico. It's what happens. And so the same thing happens in life. And, you know, the essence of the course is if you can capture those another one of those moments you can lay out a framework for best practices in your life to make it work based upon you and what you need and so this isn't you know this isn't what works for coach cam and here i'm not giving you my winning lottery ticket what i'm giving you is ingredients for you to make your own gumbo well do you, do you guys have gumbo in canada do you know what gumbo is I know what it is. We we don't have it here. Oh, so so gumbo is it's the soup in essence, right? It's, it's a southern soup. It is comprised of a flour-based roux um, that's seasoned very well. And you know the cool thing about gumbo is I make mine different from you make yours, but they're just key ingredients, right? So you have seafood, you have uh, shrimp, you have crawfish. You know some people put lobster in theirs. You have sausage, chicken. People put okra in their gumbo. I judge people that put okra. Like, okra does not belong in gumbo, if you ask me, right? But, you know, saying that to say, like, the key is, like, I'm going to provide you with the ingredients you need to make your gumbo. Now, you go make it how you see fit. And I, I think that's really important as an entrepreneur is, is that we don't try to be somebody else. You know, that we figure out the start of our day that works best for me. For some people, they're actually not morning people. So the start of the day is the hardest part for them, whereas they are more productive, more alive at the end of the day. So for them, it's just getting through that beginning of the day. You know, for people like me, I'm a morning person. I'm like, okay, 
boom, bam, I'm up. Let's go. It's six o'clock in the morning. It's time to get my day started. And a lot of my most productive times are actually between, you know, six and about nine in the morning. So I actually get a fair amount. Sometimes I get more work done in that six to nine a.m. slot than I do the rest of the day. So it is important to frame your day in the way that works for you. But I think something that's really important, and, and especially as an entrepreneur, is the consistency factor. Because you don't get the momentum you need in business without the consistency. You know, that's something I learned as a coach. And, and I was, as an as a athlete, I was heavy-handedly blessed with amazing coaches. And so I can, again, look back and see, oh, that, that coach, that's what that coach did. Or like, this is the trick or principle that he used. So in athletics, like in entrepreneurship, you can simulate a win, right? And so I can schedule an opponent based upon this strength and you know, competition. I can schedule a win, not saying that that, comp- that that opponent is lesser, that the component may be, that opponent may be way better than me, but I frame, I can decide what that win is. And so we play these really tough teams. And so even if we were just disturbingly outmatched, like not even close skill for skill, you know, in athletics, you can simulate a win. So the goal may not be, it's such a superficial goal to win or lose, right? Mm, so the yes. ball rolls out, the better, the better team typically will win. You know, when you simulate a win, it's about how many rebounds can we get today? Can we get their best player in foul trouble? Can we do a better job of, you know, our three-point shooting percentage? Can we contest every ball on defense? And so as an entrepreneur, it really is about simulating those wins. And so, you know, there's a point that every entrepreneur gets at that no entrepreneur wants to get at, and that is a lack of momentum. Like momentum is what moves the world, yes. right? And so when you're sitting at your desk and – you know, this opportunity is run dry and you haven't heard back from this client and you're trying to build a team, but, you know, the well's gone here and there's zero opportunity, there's zero momentum. Sometimes you can, you can simulate momentum by reestablishing what you're defining as success. Yes. Well, and I think the important thing too is when you've lost momentum, the way to gain it back is massive action. Massive consistent action. 2019 was just a really rough year business-wise for me. Had some unexpected circumstances, which just kind of changed the way my business was. And I had to reframe what did I consider success in 2019. And so I did. And, you know, success for me was I kept the business open. I kept things going. It wasn't growing, but it was there. So that was considered a success for me. But I came into 2020 knowing that things had to change. And so my game plan in 2020 was to take those first three months, January, February, March, you know, put a lot of massive action in, you know, make those connections, reconnect with people I hadn't talked to, you know, be out there, be networking, be visible, uh, you know, create good content. I did all of those things. And so when COVID hit, my business exploded because now there was no time excuse anymore. And that was one of the biggest excuses that, not excuses, but reasons. It's not really excuse. One of the biggest reasons why people didn't want to do the book was the time factor. Well, now all of a sudden 
they've got the time. And because, you know, I had put in that massive action, I had developed those relationships, I had provided value, you know, I cared about people. When COVID hit, you know, everybody else's business dropped and mine exploded. Yeah, you know, I think that there, there's something to that. And um, you mentioned, you know, luck and opportunity. And so there's uh, a venture capitalist here in the New York, or in the New York area, but here in the U.S., um, who's, who's kind of migrated almost into like a urban philosopher. His name is Naval. And so Naval talks about, um, you know, these four types of luck, right? So the first luck is you're walking down the street and like a bag of money like hits you in your head, just kind of like you're rich, right? Which, you know, ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but the challenge is you can't pattern or control that. The second type of luck is, is kind of what you referenced and where most entrepreneurs get to and get stuck. And I'd almost make the argument that you made the migration from secondary kind of luck to you know third or traditionary kind of luck. So the second kind of luck is if I can just kick up enough dust, right? So if I can you know send out enough invoices, if I can be on this, if I can do that. And, and the challenge with that is, you know, and it does work. I'm not saying it doesn't. Like I spent num like a number of years like in that level of luck. The, the challenge with that is because you're kicking up so much, you it becomes a challenge to slow down and understand which form of that luck you're kicking up is giving you the result you want. So was it, you know, this effort here? Was it this effort here? Was it doing this? Was it doing this? You're doing so much that yes, luck kicks up, but I can't necessarily trace it because the key is in the 80-20 rule of life, I need to drop the 80 and just focus on the 20. But if I can be yes. still enough to find that, right? So then the third but type I of think you have to about, get action and momentum first before you can determine what's working. Yes, no, agree. No, very much. I, I do not disagree with that. I think what I'm adding to that is you also have to block out time to be still mm -hmm. to understand you know, what's working and what's not. Because, yes. you know, if again, you're putting, you know, eight different types of luck out there, six of them probably aren't the majority of what's getting you. It's these two. Yes. But like most entrepreneurs, like myself, if you're so busy kicking up luck and not, you know, reflecting, you're still kicking up eight, but only two are bringing you what you want, right? So then the third type of luck he talks about is a luck where, you know, because you created such a, so I think I, I kind of respectfully disagree with your initial thought, is because you've created so much equity and value in the ecosystem, luck begins to come to you, right? And so, you know, I've planted seeds, not looking directly for that seed to return right now. But if I'm kicking up level two types of luck, I'm planting seeds, something's going to come back to me. And now I'm able to receive, you know, the, the, mm -hmm. reap the, the rewards of what I put out. But then the fourth type of luck is, being such a valued and trusted resource in your community that your community seeks you out when it's time to make the decisions. And I think that that's kind of what you're describing is you kicked up so much that you kind of, you kicked up in secondary, then you began to see the harvest of third. And now you're in the place of like fourth luck where it's like coming to you. And it's like, wow, it's almost amazing. The opportunities are coming, but to your point, it doesn't start without you beginning to kick. And I think one of the things too, because we're a topic today is kind of e-commerce, when you're dealing in an e-commerce environment, numbers are important. So first of all, how much are you getting out there? So, you know, if you've only got one or two products, 
you really can't always determine what's going to be a success. Sometimes you have to get quite a few products out there to do that 80-20 rule so that you can see which ones are effective. And, you know, as you find out which ones are effective, you can delete the other ones because they don't need your time and energy, right? But I think, you know, the consistency of action in e-commerce, you know, the ability to bring out new products, especially, um, you know, if you're dealing with places like uh, Amazon, uh, if you're dealing even places like Etsy, things like that, uh, having that consistent, you know, bringing in new products makes you more visible. But one thing that you talked about, that 80-20 rule, I think is really important when it comes to e- e-commerce and that's understanding things like keywords and your metrics because anything you do, you have to figure out which words work best to find it by because that's how most people will find your products is by searching for it. Yeah, you know, and, and, and what I'd add to that, I agree with everything you said. What I'd add to that is, you know, one of one of the, modules in life that I'd say that I've added to my belt um, recently is uh, in practicing stoicism, I've learned to detach uh, the emotion, right? Because so like to the point of like Amazon, so if you've got 10 items, you know, you're, I'm not a big pet guy, but let's say you've got like a puppy store, right? And you're like, yeah, this one is going to kill. I know it. I love it. My dog loves this item and it's going to go. And it doesn't go like yeah. it's only natural to see yourself as a failure and I can't pick. And it's, well, it's not, you're not selling on Amazon for your dog fluffy. You're selling on Amazon for somebody else's dog fluffy. Right. And so being able to detach from what you want and you like for the market. And again, the universe, like what do you, what value are you bringing the pet, you know, the vegan pet universe in your store Right. So if you're providing value, you will be rewarded. Well, the challenge so many times is we take our wins and losses personally that we almost begin to own our failures and our failures are not for, our, for us to own. Our failures are us to learn from. Yes. We're not supposed to own our failures. And so if you can, to your point, be true with the hard data and science of what, uh, you know, what makes the best options, you can almost begin to make emotion neutral decisions because you're letting the stats and the science drive you know, your decision-making versus your emotion. Well, you know, it's the same thing when I work with my clients, especially on things like their covers. Uh, I will say to them, you know, we usually create a few different covers for them. And I tell them, don't go by the one that you like the best. Get it out there. You know, most people have a tribe that at least comprises a fair amount of, of their clientele on social media. So I, I tell them, get it out there on social media. Let them vote and tell you. And I almost guarantee it won't be the one that you like. Yeah, you know, you're But so you right. have to and go I, with, I, with what they want because they're the ones that are buying the book. Yes. So um, one, going off of, of my previous thought, um, I have this philosophy and this statement that, you know, business is an art and a science. Yes. Right. And so, so many times as you begin to start your entrepreneurial journey, and again, I'm, I'm saying this, I'm 15 years in, and this is something I've learned in the last 12 months. Right. So, you know, the art is external. So the book cover, the podcast cover, the color of the puppy chew, right. Those are external things, right. Those are subjective. The science doesn't change. 
right? Yep. So the idea of split testing your book cover, which is, so I put my book cover on Instagram and was like, hey guys, you know, raffling off uh, a pair of, of, of uh, Power Beats Pro headphones, you know, the most votes or whatever feedback wins. And that's how I was able to determine like which book cover to go with. Now, mm-hmm. the other side to that is, and this is where the creative side comes in. And once you have, once you understand that milestone, and once you have are able to attune the science with the art, now you're able to create your own universe. You're able to create your own unique space that is filled with your stuff. So for me, for example, I stay true to who I am as a coach, as a leader, as an alpha, as a man. And, you know, I was able to create and kind of give the world this book. And from there, like most artists, you know, you're sensitive and it's like, give me feedback, but don't hurt my feet. Right. So it's like, so once you get past that side of it, then it's like, okay, wow. Like you really enjoy Like, so again, 5,000 plus people have enjoyed this book. That tells me that I can go ahead and stand, put my feet down and stand in this creative space. So, that helps you put the filter on what you create for the world. And so, you know, the other side to it, so it's not so analytical and, and, and doesn't have feeling and essence because you have to have a soul to everything you create is if you create authentically who and what you are, your audience, your, what I call my team will love it. Right. And so what I did with Alpha Redefine was kind of package up everything that I understood about servant leadership and what I believe in it. And I married different people in history and time. And I put that out and I got a great response. Then, you know, the idea of this course, I put it out again, just with a filler with for clients. I never intended for it to morph into an online course, but, you know, based upon being authentic from my previous experience with the book, I put it out got great response. So then I said, okay, well, let me go ahead and, you know, begin to write this curriculum for this course. In the middle of that, Kim, I had this idea for Crown and Glory magazine. And this is, this is pandemic April, right? And so um, I converted my office in, I created my garage into my office. I set up a folding table just to get out the house, I'm tired of being in the house. My daughter sitting next to me doing her schoolwork. And I'm scrolling through my social media and I have, you know, like different pages I follow and it's just aesthetically pleasing. Right. And so I'm saying to myself, you know what, if if my teammates enjoy the things that I create, then how awesome would it be for them to be inside of my head and see like looking at this design or looking at this type of art made me feel this way, which made me create this. Right. So I created Crown and Glory just as a external celebration of the things that I see and what I enjoy, in, you know, in an aesthetically beautiful way. Well, what that does for me is from a strategic standpoint is if you if you rock with me, if you like the stuff that I create, then you're going to love this. Complimentary is free. It's, I'm not charged. It's not. I don't do it to make money. It's for me to express my art. And so what it turns into is is amazing lead generation, right? And so while it was not intended to be that, if you download my magazine, so I've probably sold ten books from people who have downloaded my magazine. Of those ten books, I've sold two courses. Right. And so, again, what it turns into is an amazing entry point into this world that I'm creating. And if I just work like Michelangelo and just sculpt and sculpt and sculpt and create, then I've created this entire universe of content, a universe of resources for me to share. And again, not from a capitalistic standpoint, but, you know, I have like the burden of obligation to make the world better. And if you can do that, then you'll begin to find resources and value. Well, we're going to transition into your book because we've only got a few minutes left here. But 
you know, when you were talking about getting feedback on your book, and I've, I've actually written over 150 books now for myself and my clients, mostly for my clients, but I have written my own books. I've actually gotten to the point, I just tell my team, I don't care what feedback you give me, rip that thing apart, because I want the best. And I think, you know, when you're going through this book writing process, like you said, you can't, you, you do need to be emotionally attached in the sense that you need to take pride in this book and you need to make sure that this book reflects you, reflects your values, um, you know, gives a tremendous amount of value. But you can't be emotionally, uh, so emotionally attached to the book that you can't change it. You know, I call that analysis paralysis where, you know, you just, everything's got to be perfect and it's never right. And, and you know, what, what if people don't like it and whatever? Well, I can tell you for a fact, there's going to be people who don't like your book. See, I don't write books to people who don't going to like it. I write books to people who are going to love it. And that's where I write my you books know, for. You know, it, it's so true. And I think that, you know, this is where my athletic background and my competitive, you know, natural spirit kind of comes in. And this is also where in practicing stoicism, you have to be ego void, right? So I care more about getting the right response than it being my response. Mm. So if this chapter needs to be reconstructed, edited, torched, burned, kicked, right, thrown <laughs> in the backyard, right? So like I care more about, you know, creating an amazing piece of art, an amazing piece of work than me getting off the line I wanted to say, and I, I wrote this when I was a junior in high school and I was going to put it in my first book. And right. So it's like, you know, yeah, put that in your intro or put yeah. that in your, thank you. I mean, there's a place to kind of put a couple of lines when you create arts, it changes who you are. Mm-hmm. And ultimately it forces you to reduce and make simple. What's your purpose? So what's your purpose for writing or creating this, this piece of work? And, are you writing it for you or are you writing it for us? And if you're writing it for us, then you have to be aware enough to understand that while you do have that ethic, like you said, like, like the ethical value of, of what you need to get across, right? So for my book, Alpha Redefined, the purpose was to reestablish how we define the word alpha in this culture. That's the purpose. But how I connect with people, the character sketches, I, the character sketches I use, um, and ultimately the authenticity of it, you, you have to be a servant. You have to be able to take feedback and receive it because, you know, the work is you're creating it, but you're creating it for the universe. We're just about out of time. But one thing that I was thinking about as you were talking was, I think it was Michelangelo. It was one of the famous sculptors. I was reading about him and he talked about how he looked at a piece of marble and he could see the sculpture inside But to get to that magnificent piece of art, you know, he had to start off by hulking off big pieces of marble. And eventually at the end, just little tiny pieces here and there, you know, to make these amazing sculptures. And and that's kind of what, you know, your book writing process is like, especially when you're in the editing phase. So, Coach, what I would love to do is have you tell people how to get a hold of you. So if they've been hearing this podcast and they think, man, I got to really got to read that book, or they've been listening to you talking about your course and they're like, I need that. How can people connect with you? So I can be found on social media, uh, Coach Cam Cares on 
Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook. Um, and my uh, book, The Course, the magazine, Crown of Glory, all of those can be found on CoachCamCourses.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Coach Cam, for being on the show today. It has been a great honor and privilege. I have massively enjoyed our conversation, and I know that the listeners have gotten a tremendous amount of value out of it. Now, if you've been listening to this and you kind of think, you know what? I really want to become that expert, that authority, because that's what, that's what Coach Cam is. He is that expert and that authority. Then I would love to invite you. I'm writing my book, Author to Authority. Uh, it will be out this year. So if you want to get a free excerpt of it and just start to see what you need to do to become that authority in your niche, go to www.authortoauthority.com forward slash get dash the dash book so this has been coach cam and kim thompson pinder on the author to authority podcast thank you so much for listening and we will see you on the very next episode bye now thank you so much for listening to the author to authority podcast i have a free gift for you i'd like to invite you to download a sample of my newest book author to authority coming out this year if you enjoy the podcast, you will enjoy learning how becoming an author can change not only your life, but your business as well. Go to www.authortoauthority.com forward slash free dash sample. So that is www.authortoauthority.com forward slash free sample. Have a great day and stay safe. Thank you.